Contrast uncut, yeah you know that's us Where we only speak the real and the real rock with us Where we motivate the people and the politic on success Oh no we ain't DJ Kelly, but they swear we the best Contrast uncut It's Contrast Uncut. It's season four, episode 27. Man, big shout outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. It's your host, Zylo, aka DJ Juan Dollars, like I won some money. Today, we got a really incredibly dope special guest. You know, he's from Harlem, New York. Mm-hmm. He's known for being an entertainer, rapper, DJ, actor, and host of his weekday show from 12 to 4 on the East Coast on Shade 4 or 5. You have heard his brother on Grand Theft Auto 3 as Stretch Armstrong, or you've seen him on the Slim Shady Show, among other works on TV. He has worked with some of the legends of our game, you know, the Beastie Boys, MF Doom, Big Pun, Eminem, just to name a few. I first became a longtime fan of this brother back in 2011. We got our new car and Sirius Radios in there. I'm just like everybody else. That thing came in there. We heard Lord Sear and in the All Out show at that point, and that thing had us hooked. I continue to have a subscription to this day because of you, bruh. And, you know, to be quite honest, I'm grateful because he opened my eyes to so much of what I was missing when it came to this radio world and this talk world. And, you know, if you don't know who I'm talking about by now, it's all good. We got to chop it up with the king of the drunk mix, Stack Cheddar himself. Lord Sear, how you doing, bro? I'm good, I'm good, man. Nice little introduction right there, man. All right. I'm good. Just chilling about to watch the game. See if LA gonna win it, you know? Come on, come on. Put some pressure where it needs to be. We need some results. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, I'm just chilling, man. You know, uh, getting ready for my show tomorrow. Doing a little mix. little sober drunk mix. You know, holding it down. Hell yeah. So I gotta let you know, Lord Sear, brother. Time's the most finite thing we have on this earth, so I got to make sure I let you know from the jump. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on the show and fucking with my viewers. Thank you. Of course. You're welcome, my brother. So, Brad, what's a normal 24 hours for you? You know, if we could jump in a day with you, how much of the time are we going to be lit and juiced? Because when we hear you, we feel like we get a whole vibe just from your voice. Now, what it is is that, you know, I like to get a lot of rest, but sometimes, you know, it's just... My sleeping habits are kind of weird, but, uh, you know, just chilling, like, you know, getting music together, watching videos, maybe watching some porn, I don't know. Just uh, a lot of, you know, I, I figured, yeah, you know, people listening to me, so I can't Debbie down, even if I feel down, I can't let my listeners feel down. Um, when I used to do the radio with Stretch and Bob back in the days, it was more like the, uh, the radio's going off I'll be taking calls, I'll be drunk, uh, and dissing people and stupid shit. But, you know, now it's like, oh, shit, yeah, this is serious shit. Three, four hours a day, people listening. So, you know, you can joke around, but sometimes be a little informative. But sometimes it just be like, fuck it, you know? Do me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. bro, to be honest, it was like the... I didn't necessarily like Howard Stern, but I like how he was outside the box with how he did things and then that's one thing i got immediately when i heard you is 
you're outside the box. You're doing things that needs to be done to fill in the void. And mm -hmm. so I was, you know, that I just got to make sure I give you your flowers for that, brother, because that's something that's always stood about what you do and, and how it inspired me. And I'm pretty sure thousands and thousands of other broadcasters that are trying to jump in the field and make a difference. I definitely like to um, say thank you on that. And also, I like, you know, say blessings to M and Paul Rosenberg. They told me, you know, you don't spend whatever you want. So that means, you know, I don't give a fuck. I rock whatever I want. It's not like, and it's kind of, other DJs get a little jealous. They don't want to say who they are, but they know when they see me, you know, certain shit they got to play. When on Shade 45, you can rock whatever. I'm not into that timetables. No, you got to play this eight, nine hours a day. But wait, what about the boom? Button? No, 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 man. That's old. You got, you know, it turned to pop. Rap, the rap turned to pop and with streaming and shit like that. So, you know, it's new. You know, I understand. Be aware of it. But sometimes you got to get to know your past and know the future. Come on, come on. You know, I got this quote. You know, I feel like this quote is feeding into what you just said. But, you know, let me know how it relates to you or if it doesn't. I just want you to talk about it. Are you ready? All right. Failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. Truman Capote. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes uh, I can do a little bit too much on the radio or when I feel like there's a guest, and I'm like, damn, man, don't be all, you know, dry with your shit, you know? Ask, I asked the guest, I want to say his name. You know, hey, man, how you feeling? Uh, I ain't, what's wrong with you, nigga? Like, uh, yo, man, your record is hot. Oh, 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 uh, motherfuckers is retarded now. So it's like, it's new shit to be retarded. And then you give them like five, six years later, they ain't got nothing. They broke. And they're like, oh man, I didn't know. Like, you know, they're trying to be cool, being cool and stupid. But, you know, failure, um, yeah. Sometimes you have to readjust yourself, man. You know, um, do over sometimes. You know, thank God for my format. I just say whatever the fuck I want, but I don't go out, out, out to the extreme. You know, I'm not a Howard Stern. I'm not a, you know, you're not going to see me, like, butt naked with, like, chicken feathers on me and, like, running around be like, what's up, my nigger? Yeah, like, that's sear. He's crazy. Don't do no crazy shit, you know. You ain't, you ain't jumping on the left wing and trying to bring that motherfucking plane down. You about making that plane go up. Mm-hmm. No, when I seen this quote, bro, it, it had a lot to relate to because when I listen to it, there's so much of music that it's failing at, right? Like pretty much over the past few years. And then there's parts where we're starting to get back to where it's at, where it's supposed to be. And, you know, history repeats itself, but it's certain parts of history that gets in and other parts get left out. And so I feel like the failure of not putting the right parts of history into the music is something that, you know, you put the right parts into the music and you understand what that flavor of success tastes like. Like with a lot of radio, especially with rap, it it kind of fucked up a lot of shit. Like, I remember, of course, when R&B coming up, they didn't want to play no rap shit. Give them, you know, them 12 to four, 8 to 12, or give them on the weekends. But I like kind of the format to where it was like, you play an R&B and then you play your rap shit. Then it was a mix show. 
all you know, like all music together. Now it's like you get the one station that plays nothing but rap, but like now rap, which is like you got your daughter or your son, you know? Tell my fuck that bitch in the ass. Fuck, fuck her, fuck her. And you're like, damn, nigga, this little nigga don't know about this, man. And kind of bleep shit out with the videos. I'm not saying all some old school shit, but learn when to play that at night. Yeah. You got a point yeah. there, because I remember being a kid and I was looking at my little sister and she was talking about skeet, 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 skeet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. What the hell she think she's saying right now? Yeah, she don't even know. And then, and and it's like the projection of rap and hip hop. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's not what it is, man. That's true. That's true. Now, Lord Seer, brother, talking about the entertainment industry. Did the game choose you, or did you choose the game? Um, not saying the game. I I loved music when I was when I was even little, so. I was there when too little to go to clubs and all that, but I was there by the radio. DNA Hank Love, Red Alert coming on, Mr. Magic. Stayed home. I was too young to go out. You know what I mean? You talking about when I was 13, 14, you know, and this shit. Listening about recording it and loving it. And then I was like, oh, this shit is dope. I was, nah. Uh, uh yeah, I, yeah. Forgot what I was saying. I'm just drifting. Hey, you feel like you know the music? Did the music choose you, or did you choose the music? Did you fight it off? Did you? Um, check I, I chose the music because it's like I I played ball, but I wasn't ever that nice. I'm a short little nigga, so I was good to write graffiti and do art. And I always liked music. I like music. You know what I mean? Um, the game, meaning the business side. I wouldn't know nothing of it till like later on when, you know, the homie Curious, I DJ for him, was signed to Columbia. And I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like I had the big ass afro in the video. Shout out to Be Real. Shout out to uh, Easy E, God bless. And uh, yeah, they stole my afro, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna front, like I had the real, I had a real, real afro, you know, and yeah, and and I didn't know like being on the radio with Stretch and Bob, and they was like, "Yo, man, you know, got the studio, college joint, and just love music." I always love music. I like breaks. I DJ. I cut up, do production. My first rap ever was with um, KMD on um, the Black Basses album. Cause what do nigga know? That was just, you know, having fun. You know, at what point in your life do you feel like there was a confirmation or an affirmation that you're supposed to do this? Like, I always feel like there's always points in our lives where it's like, I was supposed to go this way, but this way kept calling me and I chased Jumanji and you know what? I beat that motherfucker. Uh, it had to be like around 96, uh, 96, 95. Really around like 94, well, I had to really change my shit up. Because it was like, you know, God bless my man, K-Net, passed away in 96. And his father, still a friend of mine, uh, is the Kia Records. 
he signed Eric B and Rakim, you know, the Zakia Records. Um, he owns Paid in Full, the album. So, you know, I just stuck with music, man. And, you know, they got nice, they got a little 40 out, chill, get drunk, hanging out in the hood. But would always just be in the music shit, yeah. Man, you know, what would you consider some of your highs and lows that you faced so far throughout this career? And I know you still got a lot more. A lot, a lot of fake shit. A lot of Paul's dick sucking, you know, a lot of, oh man, nigga, see it, man, he ain't gonna, you know, then you get on. You see what's up, my nigga, hey, man, been a minute, man. I know you be on the air. I let you all the time. There's motherfuckers who hate me, you know? A lot of haters. I know this when I first started, you know? Especially when it was 91, 99. When I come to Afro, it was like, man, y'all niggas ain't going nowhere. We, we be on the box. Remember the box you had to call up? Yeah. 1-800. And we had to call up too. But then like, Dre's day would win all the time and shit. That shit was fun. It was fun. No, you dropping gems of history. A lot of people forget how easy YouTube is right now compared to just to be able to hear some dope shit or to see some uncut shit. They don't realize that you had to wait till a certain time of night. You had to have a special black box. You had to have some special things in order to see some special shit. It, um, everybody didn't have a color TV. They did. Starting, you know, get the little channels. You start getting little remotes. Everybody started, you know. Hey man, I'm going with the, watch the box. Yeah man, yeah. And then you know you dial up, and you know see the videos. Starting to get cool. Yeah. History. What's some of the highs that you you know you feel like are highs for you? Because I know the Hayden's always some lows because the highs is like uh. Uh, going on tour, uh, cause I haven't been on tour in a while. Then spoke to the homies, went on tour with the Beat Nuts and Eminem when Eminem first started, and I was DJing with the Beat Nuts. And had a lot of fun, man. A lot of highs and and um, anger management tour. A lot of highs, a lot of um, a lot of fun, man. Um, what was it? The uh, this is like a ninety three, ninety four. It was us, MOP, and Curious. We went, it was on. A, uh, well, we met MOP out there. We know they was going to be out there. And half of the Jungle Brothers. And um, what was it? Damn. Damn. Um, damn, damn. So, so we was out there. Oh, the Freaknik in Atlanta. Yeah. Freaknik in Atlanta. We go out there, we chilling. I see this nigga with 20 crips. This nigga, um, fucking, um, Don Juan. He was like, hey, man. I said, what's up, nigga? Hey, man. I'm going to the chicken spot. Y'all want anything? Like, nah, nigga, we good. The 20 crip niggas. Looking around, niggas getting hair from bitches. Bitches fucking in the car. And then I said, wait a minute. What's going on here? Then some dudes like, yo, can we take a picture of y'all? We're like, yeah, of course, Bell Bib DeVoe. And there was Bell Bib DeVoe out there. Took pictures with them niggas and shit. And then, you know, they was there chilling. They had mad chicks around them. 
North Carolina chicks. Yeah. I tried mm. to sing in one of them. I almost threw up on myself. <laughs> I was like, ooh. Uh, uh, I, uh. Yeah. Man, well, at least we know you could have hit the dance moves then. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'll try. Man, speaking on, you know, the journey to success and really, you know, you made a way out of no way and pretty much any obstacle that got in front of you from starting off as a rapper and then being put into the spot to DJing, you definitely have, like, recognized your gifts of, like, hey, you know, I'm not going to battle this when this is working. You know, so who do we owe to thank you for investing into your career, into your dreams and making this shit real? A lot of motherfuckers in the industry, like, they won't give me my light, they won't give me my shine because you know what it is is that we can take ser serious or can we take them for a joke? And then it's like, they know I could DJ. They know I could MC. But to go on their plug, um, format or they wouldn't give you the respect that's deserved that's deservable they'll be like oh see he's just a funny nigga you know he know about his music shit you know that's about it i manage myself i you know i got no manager now but i manage myself i work for self you know never had a real manager never had a real publicist try to do the best i can but i had a publicist but the nigga would send me the mad underground whack magazines, you know, like lift your spirit up dot com. MC, I'm like, nigga, you know, I wanna be in the rap shit, but you know. So what's one thing people got fucked up about the radio? Mm -hmm. Um favoritism. So um wait a minute. Like one side will be Elvis radio and like country rock, but they won't give hip hop no other channels. Like, you know, give two hip hop channels. And I'm not gonna say what, I'm not saying the station where I'm at, but then there's not a lot of old school hip hop channels or dope hip hop podcasts. Right, yeah. right. No, shit, I'm out here near L.A., and L.A. is, is two hip-hop stations and an old-school West Coast station, but they got, like, 10 Spanish channels. They got 10 pop channels. They got four OD channels. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's all saturated, in, and it's not, you're right, favoritism is definitely something people got fucked up because it's a reality, yeah. and no one's saying anything. Mm. So, Seer, brother, what would you be doing if you were not in the entertainment industry? I'll be a karate fighter like Cobra Kai. I'll be a refrigerator person. Nah, um, I don't know. I wonder what to do. I'll be singing. <laughs> like, what's the nigga singing? That nigga in the train station? He was singing, um, really not in Georgia. Singing, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying be a comedian. I'm not the funniest thing in the world. I'll, um, I wouldn't know. It would just be summoning music or some on a certain platform. Acting, directing, you know. Yeah. Okay, okay. 
it's still being entertainment. It's, it's mm-hmm. destined for you. Sia, what's your three favorite interviews that you have done of all time? What's some of the ones that stick out more than others? When I interviewed, um, uh, on my show, when it was, um, new, new edition on BET, the actors that were new edition, I had them singing, is this the end? And I started singing with them. And I'm like, my own don't be on, I'm singing with them. And the nigga that paid Wild Transmit or the other nigga who's in power right now, he started singing. And I was like, he's Bobby Brown. So I was like, yo, Bobby Brown, whatever. He said, yo, my name ain't Bobby Brown, man. My name is, I said, yo, all right, whatever, Bobby Brown. Like, you, play, you playing Bobby Brown, you Bobby Brown and me, nigga. Damn. He's like, I'm not Bobby Brown. My name, that's just a character I play. All right, Bobby Brown. Yeah, that shit. Bobby Brown to all of us. Yeah. He's still Bobby Brown on power, on the power book. Shit. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more gangster. Yeah, I was like, come on, Matt DePelion, you know? Um, the time went with me and uh, Snoop Dogg, because this is something that segment I do called Sexual Love Rap, where a lady calls. I find out where they're at and what they're doing, get their body measurements, and you know, they're they somewhere, whatever, and I rhyme about them. And you know, I'd be like, you a superstar. You smell it good, everybody drink at the bar. And then like, from there, over the top shit. And, and then she'd be like, oh, you're so sexy. And they love that shit. Thanks. I got to just uh, hold up a shrimp, and it'd be, oh! Mm. <laughs> What's your third favorite interview? I got two. Uh, uh, when me and uh, Michael Blackson went at it, Mm-mm. he's like, you fat little nigga. I said, his mouth look like uh, um, bowling. I said, his mouth look like hot dog lips. <laughs> his lips like hot dog water. Damn. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, there's a couple. Damn. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, there's a couple that I forgot about them. I had um, uh, um, Charlie Murphy. Mm, rest in peace. He was on there. Yeah. Uh, I know you and Charlie probably had a ball together. Y'all took that ball to the bar. Yeah, it was quick. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I'm going to put a pause on the entertainment questions, and I'm going to dig into my two segments. This first segment is my awareness segment. This part is where it's going to get real interesting with you, Sir. You uh-huh. know, this is about police interaction. I asked every guest of mine, when was the last time they were pulled over, and what's some advice they can give in the situation of, you know, interacting with the police? Wow. Um, uh, damn. It's all right. You see shit filmed and you see shit. All right. Police is not stupid and motherfuckers is not stupid. I feel that they are, police are doing their job, of course. But I'm saying there's certain police who are good or who are real bad, not everyone. The 
the police and stuff and all that, I mean, that's decades. I mean, what can you do? If you're going to fight about it, don't go on the streets. Put a petition. But so you fight with pen and paper and, and use your mind. You can show them you don't give a fuck and throw a brick and a rock at them. Put that brick and that rock and that pen and paper inside a petition. Let them know you don't want you don't want them on the block. You can't police your own. I think about it. There was black, you know. What was it? The black Boston. Damn. They had their own businesses. With the black Boston thing, they had their own police. They had their own buildings. They had their own whatever, own stores, own supermarkets. Bring your black businesses back, like Killer Mike even said. I'm out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the Black Wall Street was. Yeah. And, you know, I meant I had a, uh, <laughs> it wasn't funny, but that was one of my, um, because I met him through Killer Mike on the radio. His name is Freddie Figures, and he has his own uh, electronics. He has, he gave me a phone. He has his own TV. So I said, Freddie Figures, man. Don't you think that last name ain't too good to be selling? Like, what do you mean? Because I got, nigga, what you got? I got Freddie Figures, made by a nigga. I said, you got to change the last name, man. He's like, no, nah, man, I ain't going to do that, man. But that's what I mean, man. We are highly developed. And to use that action to go, you know, protest is one thing. Okay, cool. But what does that get out, you know? It's going to get you hurt. And just if you protest, protest safely. And I like how they deal with the Black Lives Matter on the floor. You know, that's, that's, that's um, foundation. That's, that's, you know, breaking good law, breaking good shit. I feel that just unite, man. All races. If it's Black Lives Matter, just unite. Have like a, um, a racism day. Like, there's one day throughout the year, racism is something. Racism is worse than any disease, man. It's worse than cancer. It's worse than everything. You wasn't brought up racist. It's tough. You know? So it's like, all that Trump shit, all that, you know, it's, I don't mean to laugh, but it's a TV show. You know how Trump was on ABC? He hired and fired you. You're watching a network. He's on every network with his own TV show, and we fell for it. Voted him in as a TV show, and we're watching it. Everybody's talking about what Trump is saying. You think Trump don't get no views? You don't get no money from YouTube when you watch it? Come on. And um, Twittering? You got to talk to me about that. All the shit, bro. He ain't even paying no taxes on shit. Like, you know, he has a whole different world of how he maneuvers and how he wins. And, you know, that's just out of our fucking control. But one thing I feel like we can't control is knowledge is power, but when you use that knowledge, it becomes your superpower. And that superpower dealing with the police and how to maneuver with them, because I've been one of the people that ain't had, my dad died when I was four. So the streets helped raise me. And you didn't learn nothing until pretty much you about to get caught. And the only thing you learn in that moment is shut the fuck up. And so, you know, we try to keep this where, you know, we kick knowledge so that people know what to do while dealing with them. 
you're absolutely right. We changed the dynamics of how the shit's done, and then we already win it. But yeah, um, talking on Donald Trump as that make everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't get really too political because it's like somebody has an argument, somebody has another argument. Agree or disagree? I'm like, then your then your agreement is not really disagreement. I'm not, you know, with this, you know, political shit. It gets you nowhere but mad and talk about it. You talk about this, you know, this. It was TV shows like back in the days I was going. I'm like, like it is on Channel Seven, and like, you know, leave it down, like leave it to the people who just sat down. It was, you know, Black Sixty Minutes. It's, you know, you if you want to debate and feel that person was wrong, you go to their voice, you you go to the highest wherever he's at, talk about it. That's real. So, Laura, see you, brother. I got my next segment. It's called Impulse Q&A. I got some impulse questions I wrote down earlier, and I'm trying to get your impulse answer, and I know you're great at that. So, are you ready? You don't like my question, just say pass. I got another one for you. Question number one, if you're ready. All right. I'm ready. What is something you hate you wish you loved? Mmm... Uh, I hate that everybody shouldn't be racist. That mm. I think there's, I've been brought up by Jewish people, Italians. It took care of me when I was younger. Chinese people, Haitians, Dominicans. I feel that racism just, you know, should stop on a whole. Where I live at right now, the landlord is, you know what I'm saying, Italian. I'm in Jersey, you know, and it's all good. It's not, I don't see, you know, you know, he looks up to me, look up to him. As a friend, as a homie. I got Spanish people who are, like, who are mixed with Italian and Chilean, somebody who's Haitian, you know? That's how I feel. What else? Question number two. What is the funniest drunk text you've ever sent out? I, I thought I was speaking to this chick when I was speaking to my man's aunt. And I was like, yo, I can't wait to fuck you. You got some big ass titties, you know? And I wish you'd come out of the crib right now. She was like, damn, sir. No, she's like, my name is Steve. She's like, damn, Steve. I didn't know you liked me like that. I'll come over right now. And then when I looked again, it was my man's and them aunt. And she did come over too. And she gave me the best head and cooked for me in America. I almost fainted. Ooh. But I was like, oh. and then I said, don't tell nobody. They come to find out she got home late. And I find out I'm not cool with him anymore. But then he found out and he lived like in San Antonio or whatever. Became a car dealer. And he was like, yo, you lucky I live out here, but I'll fuck you up. He like 6'5, tall, dumb nigga. He fucked up his knee playing ball, but he's big as shit, and he and he always wanted to be like a one of them weird ass Amer America's strongest man, nigga. And then they can't even do that no more because he ripped his shit, but he would still be wanting a is something cuff or whatever. So 
he, yeah, he, yeah. It's over. And, yeah, and this is like 10, 12 years ago. Damn, and the head was that good. It, it's oh, it was great. That stomach hurt. Man, what she make? What she make for dinner that she night? Made, uh, what she made? She made some. She made some um potato salad from hand. I don't know where I had potatoes at. She she brought it with her because she said she had to stay over to keep low. So I said, all right, come on, ho. Then then she had the eggs and salad, and then um some grits, had some turkey bacon, and Ooh. some um. Pause. I don't eat beef, so it's like beef sauce. It's some morning shit, yeah. Uh, she gave me head and she gave me morning head. I fell asleep. With food on my stomach, yeah. Uh, uh, and I woke up, she gone. I cried. <laughs> like, I Question cried. number three. All right. What is your favorite drinking food combination? Uh, uh, I know for a fat kid, right? But I, it ain't, you know. So you mean like liquor drink with food? Yeah. What's something um, you up that you know motherfuckers are sleeping on? Um, Hennessy wings with uh Hennessy wings with Tito's vodka, seltzer, lemon lime. Mm. You know. Yeah, that that, but I don't, you know, I don't eat the fried no more. Well, I'm lying. There was a spot on Uber Eats. I said, God damn, the mango wings and honey. I was, I need some of that. But yeah, that's like that was one of my favorites. Uh, damn, what else? And I don't want to say the Jazz for the Chinese store. You get the um two chicken legs quarter. You get the leg and thigh with chicken fried rice for two ninety nine a hood with with some E and J and ginger ale, like Biggie's saying. Ooh, ooh, I'm sleeping on the West Coast. Sleeping. I'm gonna get chubby and a little, a little, uh, a little tore up. Just thinking about it. You really look like a chubby prophet. I didn't know who I was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, a ticket radio, man. I don't know, man. Oh shit! You gonna have to come and get it then. You know. I ain't got no auntie for you, man. I ain't got no auntie. Damn, all right. But, you know, we could work something out. We in Bakersfield, outside of L.A., so, you know, they say the river runs easy. All I got to do is bring you to the water. I like that radio. I got to give me a radio. Man, you know, shout out Bump Box, man. Okay, yeah, yeah, Bump Box. Wait, hold on. Let me see something. Yeah, you know, sometimes they show me love. Uh, man, shout out to Rob. Shout out to Trader Truth. Uh-huh. He got the real medallion on this motherfucker. Yeah. Uh. And he said, you got the uh, the speaker behind you. I got the actual hardware. Okay. Uh, you know, he ain't got to shit on me like that, man. I'm sorry, man. You know, you need some paper for that, man, just so you know, <laughs> calm the masses down. So, yeah, see it, bro. You survived my awareness segment. You educated us. And then you also survived my impulse Q&A as a reward. Let's promote, you know, let's talk about what you're excited for coming up. What should people be tuned in and locked in for Lord Sear? Well, tomorrow I'm doing, uh, it's on my Instagram, at Lord Sear, uh, 
DNY and Paul Dean from Rough Riders, Rough Riders Radio, did a mix with them. You can check it um, online, an old school classic joint every Thursday. It's going to start at 10 o'clock. You can go on the Apple and the Google, 10 o'clock, Rough Riders Radio, Associate Flavors. And um, I'm going to be doing a mix on there. And Monday through Friday, 12 to 4, the, the Lord's here special. Um, yeah, that's what it is. See you, brother. Before we get up out of here, what's the goal? What you trying to do before you retire and get off the mic and just... I want to lose a lot more. I got to lose a lot of weight. I want to do more voiceovers. These motherfuckers that grant that fault will be on that bitch shit. I'm trying to get into some video more games. Trying to get more into video games. Uh, getting into more production like I used to. Uh, maybe do some more rap. And uh, yeah, man, just want to go all around the world and travel. I like to travel. I like to be out. You know, and um, I would like to have, and ladies, if you're out there, if you're at Amazon, I'm 5'7". I'm looking for a woman who's 5'11", 5'10", and have babies with you. It's all right. Don't worry. I'm 47. It's all right. I, I want to have big, um, big babies to take care of me as they get bigger. They be my height at like 10 years old. <laughs> and they take care of me. And, they, you know, I want some... Big football babies. Uh, uh, he said he wants some athletes, damn it. Y'all better run, run him some of that vagina for that athletes. Hey, bro, I got to tell you, you need to be on Adult Swim. Adult Swim, if anybody's fucking listening to this, this brother needs his own show. He can do four, five characters, and he ain't Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, I need to. Uh, ever since when I interviewed this dude um, from Black Jesus, because the third season was horrible. It was bad. I was like, damn, who wrote this shit? You know, but yeah, that's what's up, man. So, you know, Lord, see, if you notice, my show is different. It's unique. It's, it's you know, they got segments. So I got to have segments. I don't do segments like anybody else. And so I'm like, you know, how do I keep that same energy and close out? And the viewers know this coming. I'm going to hit you with it. You got any questions for me? Uh, I need to know why you look like Elton John's younger son. God damn. <laughs> damn I don't with you. know how Elton John could have a baby. <laughs> I want to know how you got, you know what you remind me of? If you watch the spook who sat by the door and then it's the dude, he was like, the Puerto Rican dude, and he was like, yeah, man, you just going to go in there and just, you know, call the police and we robbed the bank. And he said, well, I got to do that because I look white. I'm black, man. I am black. I'm blacker than all you motherfuckers out there. That's my man. As yeah, the yeah. prophet. Yeah, hell yeah. Nah, no, I respect it, bro. Shit, I ain't gonna lie. I respect it. I'm gonna take mm -hmm. all from you because this is something I got on record, and I get to put this motherfucker on rewind and play again. Like, oh shit, Lord, she was capping me, and I didn't have to stay in queue for like an hour. <laughs> Lord, see you, brother. I appreciate you. It's Contrast uh, Cut. It's season four, episode 27. Man, big shout-outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. I wouldn't be able to do incredibly dope shit like chop it up with Lord Sear, talk about his history, you know, drop some jokes in there, and then drop some gems in between about the 
you know, the diamonds dropping and just shining before they hit the ground. <laughs> Lord Seer, my brother, thank you for coming in, logging on, and, and just fucking with us, bro. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Anytime, you heard? Hell yeah. What up, y'all? Contrast Uncut with your boy, the almighty Lord Seer, Shade 45. You know, check me out Monday through Friday from 12 to 4. Just doing it here, man. Yeah, and shout out to the big homie Snoop Dogg and the fam. Doing it up, man. It is what it is. I'm out. It's Salute. Hip hop really taught me to give it all I got left. Wu Tang taught us how to beat the projects. And tell my story over beats and it could be a project. Look, how it all begun. Uh, bum, skibbity bum. Yeah, grew up on it. Man, I know you guys can't smell this right now. And I ain't talking about none of that other stuff. I'm talking about some of that good stuff, that smell good stuff. I think it's breakfast. What time is it? It's breakfast time. Make sure you tune in to Contrast Uncut no matter what you're doing. Whether you're eating breakfast, you're smelling good food like I'm smelling, or if you're smelling other stuff, we're good to watch too. Make sure you tune in. Thank you.